What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Danae, hit us with the spoiler cast theme song for this week. Ba-da-ba. Spoilers! Ba-da-ba. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> nice. Uh, Sif Pop spoiler cast where the theme song is different every week because we never want to give it away. We're going to be spoiling uh, Secret Life of Pets and uh, Game of Thrones Season 6, which we talked about both in the Sif Pop podcast proper. So we won't be going into necessarily a lot of our thoughts, only the things that we couldn't talk about when we were restricted by not giving away stuff. So we're going to start with Secret Life of Pets. I think that's going to be pretty quick because I honestly don't know that there's really much to spoil in that. Was there anything you wanted to talk about? I really liked what Kevin Hart did in the movie. I didn't know there was some connotation to it that I wasn't understanding. <laughs> so what what did he do in the movie? And he's the fluffy fluffy character? Yeah, he's he a was, rabbit. He's he a had rabbit. been done wrong because his... His magician that he was a rabbit for got out of being a magician and then just got rid of him. And so he is the leader of a group of abandoned sewer. They live in the sewer, abandoned pets, snakes, spiders, other dogs, blah, 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 blah. And um, I, I just didn't see it. No, I didn't see a racial element to it. I didn't see a lot at of all. It We talked it. a little bit about that in the, uh, in the regular podcast, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I I don't know where that's coming maybe from. Maybe it's okay. Maybe he said that about he's a he is a black man playing a white rabbit, and then that website took it as I think the webs the, they they really really went off the ranch there to get. I think that, like with the that. Kevin Hart reference fighting racism, I think that is just clickbait. Yeah, it seems like, but. The one that was on the route, what the Secret Life of Pets gets wrong about black power and white privilege. That's an entire article kind of going more into the storyline of this movie and how they felt like it was a racist, had had racist mm-hmm. undertones. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Duke the dog had a had an owner who was black. He died. 
That's true. This is this says I, uh, when I'm it works, you get you get find, uh, Toy Story or Finding Dory or Mega Mind. When it doesn't work, you get The Secret Life of Pets, a jumbled, uneven action comedy that turns black protest and death into a joke and can't figure out who is who it really wants to entertain. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with some of that, but the the black protest stuff, I just don't see it in there at all. I here's the plot. Basically, you know, the new dog comes in. He gets upset about it, so he tries to get rid of the new ba- new dog, just like Woody did with Buzz. Uh, and Woody accidentally, you know, pushes Buzz out of the window. In this case, they accident, you know, um, they accidentally get lost from their pack of dogs that's being walked. Right. And they end up interacting with some street cats. A bunch uh, of really nasty looking cats. Yeah, too, that some really so nasty funny. looking street cats. And then they find this group of, you know, outlaws that are in the sewers. And uh, they pretend like they are themselves outlaws and have killed their owners. I love and, that, too. What was um, the duck's name that had... That- like Ricky or something oh, like Ricky. Oh, oh, Ricky. Oh, Ricky. Oh, Ricky. Now, I laughed for so long. Oh, Ricky. And then there's a picture of this duck. And he's got like a mug shot. And they're like, oh, he's the only he's the only one of my soldiers I had that I could tell to kill a human on the spot. And he would do it. The rest of you I have to give a pep talk to. <laughs> Uh, what is probably most jarring in the movie is the sloppy black militant allegory of Snowball and his flushed pets movement in sewers of the city. Snowball, along with the pig, it kind of goes on. Da, 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 da. The flushed pets' rallying cry is "Revolution forever, domestication never." And if there were any questions about what cultural movement was being alluded to, the moment Snowball starts talking, uh, Max and Duke begin code switching into black vernacular to respond to him, and it made me cringe. Hmm. So I could have just been clueless to it. Uh, then he continues on later on the use of prevailing racial stereotypes or actual stories of oppression of people of color in cartoon animal movies and TV isn't new. It goes into Zootopia a little bit. So uh, it Fest uses an allegory of black pain and suffering to further a storyline about white folks getting what they want. When Max and Duke get caught up in the system that usually protects them, animal control, it's up to snowball people of color to rescue him. Max incompetence leads to more deaths for people of color. But instead of eliciting sympathy, Snowball's revenge on Max is the catalyst is a catalyst for the domesticated dog to learn how tough he is, and for his white girlfriend, literally Gigi the Pomeranian, to assert her strength over the dredge and throwaways of the pets world. Boy, I think that's a stretch. I think that's so. That's a kind of where I, now he was I get going. it. Now okay. I at least get where he's coming from. Yeah, but I don't but, get that. Yeah, but it's but it's a stretch. I think that's a stretch. I, listen, far be it for me to steal someone else's experience with something. But like if that's the experience you're having, if I'm understanding this correctly, it does come off of those light illusions uh, or on the nose illusions mm-hmm. to adopting, you know, a black vernacular to imply certain parts of our culture, which I think that there needs to be more of a sensitivity to. Sure. You know, sure. So, and that, and that's what I'm saying. You know, I I'm I do not take someone's experience away from them. I certainly don't think that was intended, and uh, but I can see it now more than than I could before. I'll read this last part. Um, if you want to know about the secret life of pets, it's all around you, and it's not and it's not so secret. White and middle class acceptable values are prioritized, and the struggles of regular people are for sport or entertainment. The pain or frustration of black folks must always take a backseat to white folks learning about themselves or getting what they want. As long as you dress it up with funny animals, the message is much easier to swallow. You may not need a dog whistle for the story. The message is pretty clear. I thought that was interesting because mm. you guys didn't pick up on that at all. Uh, just, but there again, different lifestyles. You know, we are three white people. You know, maybe there's just that something true. that... That's true. There's three <laughs> white people in this room. We that's true. wouldn't have noticed. Um 
So I wanted to specifically go into that and kind of spoil and kind of give you guys that angle. So and I just didn't see that angle at all. I no, I didn't at the time, but I, you know, I can I can see where he's coming from, and I, we need to be sensitive to that kind of stuff. We really do. We need we need to be aware where institutional racism just kind of affects the way we paint things. Mm -hmm. Just stuff that's kind of ingrained in our culture unintentionally can paint a lot of that stuff. So In the show proper, I mentioned another article um, off of Vox, which kind of talked about this being a darker film, which was also confusing to you guys. From that, it says, uh, this is on Vox.com by Alex Abad Santos. And it says, meanwhile, the rest of the film is studded with instances of dark nar darkness and harshness. One subplot involves pets that humans have flushed down the toilet or gotten rid of as the animals plot their revenge, and another yields a bizarre and gleefully violent hallucination sequence in which a bunch of, bunch of dancing sausages clad in hula skirts have their heads bitten off while singing Greases We Go Together. <laughs> because the dog... The dog's that's get, dark? That's hilarious! That is fun. What, I, what's this guy, what was the author's name of that article? Um, Alex Abad Santos. I want Alex. Alex, if you're listening... I want you to rewrite the script to this. How would you have written it to lighten it up a little bit, or um, man? Because I, man, what? I, I guess we can't anthropomorphize sausages and then have them eaten. I don't know. That's that. That doesn't seem dark to me. That just seems silly. Yeah. Well, you know, and sometimes I get really sensitive to violence in movies, and other people don't pick up on it too. So I guess I can understand like. That but would you, been, okay, like, so, really so like disturbing. dancing, like Did, kind of lifelike sausages, <laughs> and the dogs are eating them. Are you going, oh my goodness, they just bit that sausage in half. These sausages <laughs> have families. No, they don't. They're fixed. They're fictitious sausages. They also, They're dogs in a sausage factory. What would dogs do in a sausage factory? I almost, all, I would most, most likely point out the death of the snake. Okay, that's mentioned here, and they really quickly just go on. Like they don't yeah, really yeah. give any mention. If I was going to pull one thing out and be like, "Oh, that's dark," it, it I mean, it would be that yeah, the snake died. But Kevin but Hart's it, character then makes a hilarious. Oh, what was the snake's name? I don't know. I just I love it. Like I think that for me made it even funnier. I'm sorry. That really bothered this guy because he's like, he didn't really like someone died, you know. So no, a cartoon <laughs> snake died. <laughs> it's a cartoon snake. <laughs> Well, These you know, are real it's people. It's interesting because we've come from. Sorry, I clipped everything. There. No, no, no. Yeah, quit shouting. Uh, <laughs> no, we've come from, you're like you're like six feet away from the microphone. Yeah, I know. Why going. am I taking my shirt off? I'm yelling. <laughs> what happened? We have come from the days of Warner Brothers, where anvils were dropped on every other yes, character, everybody. to like, the days of Pixar, where everything is treated as very right. genuine and serious and meaningful. And when Nemo's mom dies, that's a real thing, you know. Yeah. And so we've kind or of Littlefoot's mom, or little, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. So we've come from, we've made this transition from you know uh, hard hitting slapstick to reality yep. and emotion, and so. Yep. The movie like this wants to be hard hitting slapstick, I think, but it lives in a world where the other is more predominant. So I can see how somebody would be, you know. The reality is, is that anyone can post an opinion, anyone can Absolutely. be, you know, a critic or yeah. whatever, and go mm -hmm. on and you sure. know have right. a comment on this stuff. But, but it sounds like it was just a silly kids movie. I see. That's what I would say. <laughs> I, I think you just have to take the tone for what it is right. and what they're intending, and. Um, but I get it. Anything else you guys wanted there. to spoil? Um, the one thing I will say, the previews, uh, there were about 14,000 previews during before this. Yeah, you mentioned the the poodle rock and roll one yeah. that you couldn't help but ignore. I, I'm not, I'm not saying the preview for this ignore. movie. I'm saying before when, when watched I watched this, this movie, movie. Oh, okay, there were okay, about okay. six animated movies. Really? Okay. They were previewing this. And I'm like, 
how what that's just a lot of them to the point where well, i was like what i don't remember what those were about because i remember thinking there was one about a koala the koala was kind of interesting but beyond that, i don't it was watch like, previews but so. that's what i'm saying like i was just like well how much more horrible things are going to come out in those movies you know about koalas about well, let's just racism and in australia yeah and the and the british marginalizing the australian natives now that was what tarzan was about except for it was the congo well it's going to come back um man tarzan is an awful movie uh is it really uh really i, I mean are, I think are we talking people, tarzan no no i just you mentioned marginalizing that's interesting because uh ida and her sister went to go see that movie on purpose because they were so excited about it but Tarzan. Maybe they were excited about the hot. Hunk. I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of people uh, liked what, it. Uh, I just. I. I really didn't. I was so bored. All so, right. Well, I'm gonna be stepping out for this next one because you guys are gonna be discussing Game of Thrones spoilers for season six of the HBO series, specifically. Yeah, a couple of things we want to talk about in that to 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 chat more specifically about why it's been such an amazing season. Um, Danae will let you get out the door though. Bye, Danae. Bye. I can't Bye. believe Alf is on this season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh my goodness, why are you spoiling for The me? two greatest shows ever. I can't believe you did that. Alf and Game of Thrones. Did you love that part where they, they had a character and it was actually George R.R. R. Martin? <laughs> like he actually became a character on the and show. It was so weird. And car. he was writing the show. He, he drove was... a car <laughs> into the... All right, now it's just us. I think we scared her away. Yeah, the Alf talk. Um, man, here's the first thing. Let's just talk about this. The first thing this season really transitioned into, like, I don't know how to say it other than wish fulfillment. It went right. from a show that was like nothing you wanted to happen happened, right? And you, it's like we've crested a hill. Well, there's an and, end, there's an end game now. Yeah, and it's like we have crested a hill to the like the hero stuff and uh-huh. the positive stuff. Yes. And so when you look at like you know the story of Jon Snow and mm-hmm. his resurrection and what's happened with him, and you know you look at Arya Stark and her revenge. Yeah. Although I want to talk about Arya a little bit, interesting, because that character she's I'm not dark. Sure. You talk about folks. I <laughs> hey Vox writer guy. I don't. I'm not sure if you've seen this show, but she's dark. Like, trust me. When she's in the dark. finale, when I think it's in the finale, when she kills Frey, like the whole you know Walter Frey and all the sons or whatever. She makes him eat a meat pie with her with his kids in it. And in the look on her face, like she's oh, she's so pumped. Like she is. Like she is. She's either psychotic or psychotic. Like she's. There's she's, no way around it. She's yeah. In trouble. She's. She yeah. is. Like, is there coming back for her? Like, is there any coming back from her? So. Like, once she crosses off everybody on her list, she's she's just going to be a messed up person, right? right. Like, right. I, I just don't know how she comes back from that. Unless part of the becoming no one thing was learning how to compartmentalize that in a way that allows her to be a normal human being after it's done. There's no way out, man. And I don't know if she, I don't know if she ever makes it back to um, uh, Winterfell. Winterfell. I don't think she ever makes it back to Winterfell. You don't think so? That's my prediction. I I think that she I don't think she's going to be killed off or anything. You don't think so? I see. I wondered if I don't think um, she can go back. if she's going to get everybody but um, Cersei on her list, and that Cersei is going to pull one be. on her and, and take her out somehow. She can't. Surely she couldn't kill the mountain, right? Uh, yes, she. You could. think she could? She could. But then some somehow Cersei, you know Cersei gets the best the best of her, and even after the mountain's out, how, I don't know. How fun is it to hate Cersei? She has become full on villain. That's another thing to talk about. Like, I mean, I mean, she's always been a villain, right? Yeah. But, but just the the whole, the first fifteen minutes of the finale. Maybe that's longer, but you know, the first huge chunk of the finale in it's that Godfather scene where it's like, you know, she's killing everybody even though she's not there, and the way it's played is with the music and the. I was glad when they did that 
final episode that they they took care of the majority of the King's Landing stuff mm-hmm. in the first part. Yeah, like it, it, you know what I'm saying. That, yeah, a lot of episodes they'll they'll bounce back, and which is great because you you never get tired of one thing. Yeah, but they'll bounce back from okay, we're at the wall now, mm-hmm. we're in Winterfell now, we you know, whatever. This was twenty probably twenty plus minutes. Yeah, of of just that scenario and what happened and cleaning everything up. Oh, it was how many characters epic. died in that scene? Like, I mean, main characters that all been on went for out. a long time. They'd been, you know, whether it's the high septum or yeah. the whole, uh, uh, what was his? Tyrells. Yeah, the Tyrells. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then of course, her son commits suicide Tommen. as well. Tommen. It's he, just like, and he, he was like uh, such a, he was like the Rickon. He's kind of like Rickon uh-huh. uh, Stark, where it's kind of like, Oh yes, he is. Rickon is a Stark, but they've never really fleshed him out much. Right. Tommen was like a human potato, where like Goose was kind of pointing him in this direction. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it was always Cersei in in Mar. Was it Marjorie? Yep. Is, is yep. that Cersei yep. and Marjorie? That's the inter- internal struggle. There. Yeah, it was always them pl- playing puppet master with him. Right. And whoever could puppet him the best at the time had him. And Gosh, and Cersei I think Cersei won. just realized that she was never going to win that puppet match. And she's so cold and calloused. That they're, he, she's looking at his dead body and she's like, he should be with his family and <laughs> let put him at the high septum or put him in the, uh, what's the name of the, uh, uh, oh, I don't know. The place they burnt down, the place she burnt down with the wildfire. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, is that called the high septum? No. no. The, he, that's the, the bad guy. Someone will listen to this and be like, it's screaming right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just uh, don't remember what that place is called. I'll think of it later. Um, anyway. But it's in ruins, so he's, uh-huh. she's basically like, just, just throw sprinkle him on his the ashes, ash <laughs> yeah. sprinkle his ashes on the, on their ashes. Basically, it's like, golly, what a crazy person! Oh man, so much happened in those last two episodes. Right. It was crazy, and uh, let, let's uh, let's go character by character okay. and just kind of talk about where everybody is and kind of your thoughts. Um, I, I want to start with Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is now at the end of the season. She is on her way over on her ships. Um, with her dragons, all three of her dragons, she has massed a pretty amazing army. Uh, like she's she's star cast of all the people that yeah. Cersei's done wrong. She's got um, she's got the um, the people she started with. I'm forgetting the oh, the Khal Dragos, uh, the Dragos, the um, oh, what are they? So she's got that whole group yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah. She's got uh, the eunuch. What's his name? Varys. Uh, Varys. She's got Varys with him. Mm-hmm. She's got you know Littlefinger or not Littlefinger, but um. Uh, Tyrion, Tyrion, yeah, who is a right hand man now, okay. literally the hand of the queen. She and called him. So, but, but, that was a great what's scene. What's awesome by the way. about him is how intelligent they play him out to be, mm-hmm. and how I love it for that actor because people that are a little person or, mm-hmm. or in, in his, they get, you know, it's they only get certain roles. Certain they get roles. Munchkins. They have and, given him, yeah, this full on role, and it's really inspiring. I'm sure. For, well, and he's earned it. Yes, he he's awesome. Knocking it out of the park yeah. all the time. Yeah. So Um, but uh I just uh that whole crew, they've got the the uh people from Mirene that they've they right. uh brought along. The the arm the um the Sand Snake people are gonna help him out too, because uh not the Tyrells, but the uh this is great audio, I'm sorry. No, no, no! I'm it's not fine. thinking of that. I'm, I'm trying to think of oh, the listen, name. Oh, listen! I was expecting this. Is I there's so many characters and races. It's a and huge. It's a huge. It's a huge yeah, world. Yeah. World, but the, but yeah, it's just phenomenal. Like the whole thing. So they're all coming over the from the west. Mm-hmm. No, from the east. Yes. Uh, headed, over headed to King's Landing. Headed to King's Landing. 
Um, then you've got everything going on with uh, Jon Snow at Winterfell. And so let's talk about the Battle of the Bastards a little bit, which is what we were talking about with the... Uh, Game of Thrones does something so well. And I, I wish, I do wish that Danae was in here to talk about the books. And mm-hmm. I wish we could... The, there, every season, there's some bad guy that you just want to take your <laughs> hands and just physically just just mash their face in. And you it, whether, pull a pull a mountain on the viper. <laughs> uh, well, and whether it's and whether it's um, Bolton, the Boltons, yeah, or whether it's Joffrey, yeah. or or even in the first season, it was Daenerys's brother, mm-hmm. and he got. But they and they always get what's coming to him. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I I think it's it's interesting, phenomenal. Anyway, um, so yeah, so you've got Winterfell, you've got the you know um, Sansa bringing Littlefinger in at the last yes. second. Which that was one part originally where I was like, how how does she not tell him about that? How does she not that say, hey, I've got this in my back pocket, right? And I think they're they're setting up. Maybe she didn't expect it. I, I wonder if maybe. But even so, if it's a possibility, let the guy know before he marches off to his death. But she did. He didn't include her in any of the battle talk. Yeah, and I think she wasn't. She well, was and, mad and, and you've got and there. you've got Littlefinger trying to set up a division there because he wants her to be queen and him to be king and. Um, and of course, you know, she is trying to figure out, you know, is John going to be king and how that works? Right. And of course he's got, he's got the wildlings with him. Yes. He's got, um, little Marmont. What's her face? Uh, the little bear. She's the great, her speech. How do you, that was, there, there are, I've talked about this a lot, even on our podcast. If there's a child actor, especially in a bad movie, and, and we talked about this, uh, even when we talked about airbender before, uh-huh. like the child acting in some of those movies is unbelievably horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. bad. Yeah. Like, they haven't had the, the life experience. Bad. Yeah, they haven't had the life experience to really draw on to perform. little actress that plays the big, the little bear is one unbelievable. Of, one of the best motivational speeches I've ever heard. How? Uh, I mean, that's just crazy to me. When, and that was when they bowed to John and said, you know, he was the... King of the North. King of the North. And, King of the North. And she, she pulled that off and, oh. It's perfect. So great. Perfect. I'm interested to find out to where the North, I don't know how much interaction the North will even have with King's Landing next season. Two seasons left. Do you think they're going to be, you think they're going to be trying to hold off the White Walkers? Or do you think? I think he'll be the first line in there. They may have to fall. I've done this a little bit where I've talked to people about kind mm-hmm. of the fantasy booking of how mm-hmm. this will go down. Yeah. I, it can't be the first episode where um, the, the, where uh, Daenerys' ships and everything show up in King's Landing, right? Right. There's got to be some other little subplot that happens before. Surely season seven ends with maybe the battle there. At but, King's Landing between Daenerys the, and Cersei? Yeah, but the, but Cersei and all of the uh, – Jaime and Tyrion and Cersei, all the Lannister people. Oh, we haven't even talked about Jaime. But they've all been signed on for an eighth season, like as far as their contracts go. Yeah. So – I feel like I feel like Cersei is going to be around into season eight, but then that Could says be. the White Walkers have to come to King's Landing. Can they come to King's Landing? <laughs> yeah, the temperature. I mean, that doesn't matter, right? I don't think temperature matters. I think magic matters. I think there are so like they they magic are. Matters. I think so. Our new Disney uh, movie, <laughs> Magic Matters. Um, it's like, that'd be a great that'd be a great um, a great illusionist podcast. Magic matters. Magic matters. Um, no, I think. The idea is like they can't come through certain places that have been 
cursed in a certain way or blessed in a certain like the they wall. They the can't wall. come past the wall because of certain things. They also couldn't come into the tree until Bran, who we haven't talked about either, had the vision of them. Like he did his, you know, vision thing that he does and they touched him. Yes. And so then they could be in there. So I'm wondering if like he is going to end up letting them into more places or how they're going to get through. There's also the Valerian steel thing where the, you know, we saw that John was able to cut them down with a Valerian right. steel sword. And so we know there are a few of those. Gilly swords is going to help us get more. Yeah. Of yeah. That yeah. Too, yeah. So, you know, man, there's so there's much. too much. And there's it's one of those so where, much. It's one of those words. There's almost too much. And you know, there's got to be a great game of Thrones podcast out there somewhere, folks, where they're just breaking this thing down left and right. And yeah. It. Man, I'm telling you, like, I don't think there's a better show on television for adults. Like, I, my mm-hmm. son, my five, mm-hmm. he never watched. I, I've, I've never had him in it. Yeah. Not even a conversation. That well, he's around that we're talking about? No. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to have him in the room while we're watching the show. Yeah. Well, my, my boys are teenagers, and they don't want I wouldn't let them watch the you know show either. Like, but let them grow people, up a little bit. And, but there's some people that will just, and this isn't me judging parenting because folks do what you want to do, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know how am I going to explain How am I going to explain that to him? Like, Here's what I've always said when when people talk about why I why there's a difference between being an adult and being a child in the way you can handle content. I think there are a couple things to talk about here and we don't have to get too deep on this. But one is just in the same way you wouldn't ask a child to carry a heavy suitcase. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't ask them to be weighted down with such heavy concepts. It's all the baggage. Because they have a lot of life to live. They've got a lot of time to, to figure out the realities of life to figure out. To be able to understand it. So there's an understanding aspect of it all as well. Right. Um, and processing element to it. Also, the growing up brain is different than the adult brain. Mm-hmm. Um, physiologically. Yeah. It is it is a brain that is designed to take its environment and make it a part of itself. Right. A child is able to walk and talk and all those things so quickly mm-hmm. because their brain in those stages is de- is developed to observe and repeat and imitate and become so that is why especially with violence and those kind of things you know i try to keep that stuff away from my kids as they're growing up once you're an adult and your brain is locked in post puberty Mm -hmm. you are much there still is an effect that content can have on you um you still are impacted by your surroundings but you are much more able to discern and choose how you act Rather than just be influenced by what you're seeing, right. so those are the two things I usually talk about when I, you know people ask me. Well, if it's not you know okay for them, why is it okay for you? Well, we have different <laughs> brains, we're different places in our life, and, and some adults it's not okay for. Some adults don't want to see this. You yeah, know, that, that, that's another thing too. Like, and I and I'm I'm totally understanding of that. Like, some people aren't don't want to see some of the just the content that's on Game of Thrones. Is, sure, it's like Walking Dead or anything like that. Like where there's just some graphic stuff at yeah. times. But it's real. And and this is the other thing I often say. Have you read the Bible lately? Like, especially the Old Testament? Oh, it's real. Like, it's real stuff, you know? Right. There's sex and violence. It's just visual. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. But. Um, what a great show. Man. Yeah. Show. And and so where's it going? Anything else before we finish this off? Like, where um, do you think it's going? So Daenerys is coming over. John's, you know, got his thing going on. We, I think at the end of the day, it's about human race versus the White Rockers, right? Yeah. Like, is, we're going to finish up the humans versus human stuff. Right. And then we're going to go into the humans versus supernatural stuff, right? Ned, I mean, Ned Stark coined the phrase, winter is coming. Yeah. So it's kind of like... Winter has arrived, by the way. And now winter has arrived. Yeah. And I I almost feel like my thought is this, is that Jon Snow and Sansa, they'll have this little back and forth. The little finger thing will come into play in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll get... That's they'll a side... Have, that's, yeah. a, that's a C story or B story, maybe. Mm-hmm. But 
Jon Snow is going to be the first one to have to engage again. White Walkers. That's basically White Walkers and Jon Snow round two. Mm-hmm. With then, his buddy, is it Tully? Uh, the Tullys. Who's um, who's in who's in the, within the library right now? Who's the new? Is it Gilly? Gilly. Is that the wife? Is that the Gilly's girl? the wife? I think isn't. Tommen? No, that's that's the kid. Have to look it up. <laughs> We're awful. We're so sorry, guys. Me. No, no, no. I'm so sorry, this is, guys. This is how it is, man. Um, but anyway, you know what I'm talking him, about. What's his name? Like he's yeah. going to be giving him information based on these books he's reading about. You know, like he's. I think he's going to be a key part of figuring out how to beat the White Walkers. Am I saying this wrong? If that he's he may in in fact end up being a little bit of the MacGuffin device to get us to some of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jon Snow this season. I think. He'll be kind of the trick. He will engage the White Walkers again, get out with his life, get to King's Landing for season eight to help fight off the White Walkers in King King's Landing. You have dragons that can see. Blow. I think the dragons versus the White Walkers thing is going to probably come into play. I bet one of the dragons dies and oh, gets I'm raised sure. up as a white as a White Walker dragon. Is that possible? Oh wow! I hadn't even thought about that. I was almost certain that all the dragons were going to die. Like that before this is over, that if all the dragons die, are going down. I'm telling you. The Night's King can raise him up, I bet. Right? Wow. I don't know. Right? I don't know. Does this end with somebody, final you know, episode, final shot, whatever, um, somebody we like ruling over this entire world? You know, do do we see Daenerys, you know, as a queen? Do Daenerys and Jon get married and, you know, rule together the Seven Kingdoms once again as a whole? Or do we end not knowing a lot? Are they technically kind of related, though? And that's another. That, that's a big thing. That was they technically would be f- cousins, first cousins. I don't know about first cousins, but well, we're assuming something that hasn't been explicitly said in the show. Mm. What was explicitly said? I've seen enough spoilery type, <laughs> type uh, YouTube channels now that they fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. Right. right Appar- apparently, apparently, Jon Snow is both legitimately a Stark. Because he's Leona's son, which we know explicitly now. Yeah, she's he's, le- yeah. We know that for sure. He legitimately has claim to the throne as a Stark now. He's, but you're thinking he's Rhaegar Targaryen, and he, uh, also son. he may be a claim to the Targaryen throne as well, which right. is Daenerys's yes. people. So, At any rate. Um, and the Rhaegar thing uh, and Leona apparently was not rape, but was willing. Like you know, they had a yeah, love yeah, they story. Had, they had this whole other thing. Yeah. And uh, even though the the legends say yes. that he stole her away and Gosh. you know kidnapped her and all high, that. Kind this of is stuff. high fantasy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, that was one of like, the. That's when the I, cool part about this. Show. When I said there were two story points that blew my mind in a way that I was like, oh wow, this is brilliant stuff. Yeah. One was that. Yeah. Was him being Leona's uh, son, and this whole time we've been thinking. Well, we're rooting for him because we like him, but he really doesn't actually have a claim to the throne, but actually he does. Yeah. That's exciting. The other brilliant story point, I don't think this is a surprise, is the Hodor the Hodor storyline. You know, the hold the door play on words. thing. Yeah, it's a, I, it's, and all the whole time it was a play on words. And the whole time, Bran caused it. Like, just the in idea. The future, yeah, but also... The, it's like mind-blowing. It, and like, I, and I awesome. love the way this is handling... Um, we can call it time travel for lack of a better term. Yeah. The idea of being in the past and the present at the same time. Right. It's handling it in the same way 12 Monkeys did, which yes. I loved, which is nothing changes. What has always been always will be. Right. Um, but you're existing in the two places at once. So that so Hodor being Hodor has always been that way. Bran was always there to make that happen. And the two things in the past and present exist at the same time. And Like, you know, Bran, like Bran and the White Walker, though, get, that touches him? Yeah, like anything. 
anything that happens has always happened and always will happen. So there's no changing things. Bran can't go back and change anything. He's already, he's affecting things that he already had affected. So when Ned Stark is as a younger Ned Stark is going up to see Leona and he hears Bran say whatever he says and he turns around, that always happened. That wasn't something new that happened. That had always happened. So in a time loop. Yeah. So it's really interesting stuff, and it's just, you know, I love it when it's handled that way, so I really enjoy it. But the whole hold the door thing I just thought was unbelievable, heartbreaking and brilliant. And Nothing is hokey about this show either. I'm, think about I how think tough so. that is. I'm yeah. saying that's very tough. In a show, it's very tough in a movie. At some point in the movie, normally the one of the actors will say something so stupid and dorky, and you'll be like, oh, gosh. But nothing happens that way in this. Like, yeah. That to me is unbelievable. That's just great. Like, yeah. that's why it's the best show. Speaking of which, and uh, Alf, <laughs> and Alf. Speaking of which, uh, when Danae was talking about having, you know, like can't help but hear spoilers, and now I know Hodar means hold the door, and you know somebody died, and I figure Hodor. I'm just like, man, that's so that's so sad that you know that you know, like it doesn't take much to pick up on that stuff, no, you know. Exactly, but man, there's and there's no way to shield yourself from spoilers no. anymore. It's like, no, it's, it's too hard. Sad. Yeah. Like, it, it's weird. Oh, uh, this side note: we were talking about the Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, the preview for the Ghostbusters movie. I, well, I groaned because on Secret Life of Pets, one of the previews was for Ghostbusters. They literally, I know what's going to happen in this movie. Well, it's the same movie, isn't it? I don't know much. I haven't seen a preview I don't or anything. Think so, but, but I think that I know. I think that they showed every aspect you could in this movie. Well, they. That's why this I don't like watch a five minute. Preview that's why I don't like, watch previews. What? <laughs> I can't stand previews. Weird, like yeah. they don't have to give that much away. It's I would go into the zero frames pledge again, but I, people have heard it enough. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thanks, so man. Great. Thanks, for, thanks for joining us for uh, oh, spoilers and good stuff. I love Game of Thrones, and uh, yeah, we'll have you back on. Uh, have you back on sometime soon to talk movies and stuff? Yes, and you need to come on to the absolutely podcast, and you need to talk Last Airbender. All right, I'll do it. I'll subject a, myself to that movie stinker. one more time. One of the worst. Maybe the worst movie experience I've ever had. Because your expectations were probably very yeah. high. Yeah. You guys done yet? Yeah, we're done. We're talking about... Uh, as, as both an M. Yeah. Night fan <laughs> and an Avatar fan, <laughs> yes, my expectations were high. Man, yeah. And M. Night, I liked his earlier stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I love Ugh. Nighttime, too. Ugh. Ugh. Nighttime. Ugh. Ugh. But seriously, though, to have George R. R. Martin... Become a character on the show oh, and be writing the show as it's happening. I know. And then Brilliant. when his, when his adamantium claws come out. Yes. Shink, it's shink. unbelievable. Actually, yeah. Valerian claws Yeah, come the Valerian out. claws. Oh, oh man. It's incredible I just, stuff. I just had to take my shirt off. Yeah. I'm really glad you guys just approached that and kind of went into it because now I know you were lying earlier. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't do real. that to you, Danae. All it's real. All real. Bye, and, then, and, then he's, and then he raps. That's true. George oh. R. R. Martin coming yeah, the to R. R. your Martin house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George R. R. Martin going to punch you in the mouth. Uh. And we're out. Out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.